Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Joni from Columbus, Ohio, and I recommend 3C Body Shop. Nobody wants to go back twice in one year for accident repairs. But after my first experience with 3C, it made perfect sense for me. 3C worked with my insurance and everything was handled perfectly. I'd recommend 3C to my friends, my family, and anyone that has been in an accident. 3C Body Shop, the finest in collision Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. This is Cole Reagans with the Round Rock Express, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. The Ranger Report, yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome, everybody, to the Ranger Report podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at BDieter75. And today, I am joined by Kane McCutcheon. What's up, y'all? 
Kane, of course, is on Twitter. You already follow him, I'm sure, if you listen to this podcast, because he's been on now, what, like five times? <laughs> I, I am now Mr. Ranger Report. You are, yeah. And then we can't, by the way, speaking of that, you need to go pick some stuff out so I can send it to you some merch. I know. Yeah. I know. I really Just, do. After this episode, I'm going to do it. Yeah, do that. Text me what you want, and I'll get it done and sent to you so you can have some of this. I got to get some merch. <laughs> All right, so besides that, me and Kane both covered the Rangers for the first time at the stadium this year. Kane went a lot more than I did because, let's face it, he lives in Dallas. I live in East Texas, so it's a little bit closer for him. But uh, for for me personally, I really enjoyed getting to know some people, getting to work there, getting to hang out on the field, talk to players. The press conferences are fun, you know, and then, of course, you know, we got some interviews and other stuff out of that. So I had a blast, Kane. What did you think of your first year covering the team? Oh, I had a lot of fun. But, um, it was It was a battle. For sure. The hours are long when you're yeah. working multiple days in a weekend. And, um, you know, it can be tough at times. And, you know, some, let's face it, it's not always entertaining. Sometimes it's boring. But um, I know I had a blast, like getting to meet everyone, most people. And that's one thing, too, is I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, oh, everyone was so cool. Like there were some people that didn't take me seriously, which I yeah. expect. I'm 17. I was 16 when the season started, but most people were super amazing. And, uh, it was a really, really good time. We'll have to give a shout out to the, to the Rangers today, baseball podcast. Cause Jeff and John, I know were both extremely gracious to me and I know they were to you as well. Yeah, no, shout out to them. I mean, if we were giving shout outs, we'd be here all day, but yeah, exactly. Uh, I just wanted to mention that we both had a good time. And like you said, not everybody and not everyone took me seriously either. Cause it was my first, my first year to do it. And I'm, you know, like 150. So it wasn't just your age. And <laughs> another thing too, I just, since we're on here and you guys get a lot of Rangers related listens, huge thank you to uh, the PR department and everyone for taking the chance on me, yeah. Ranger fans. Thank you. You guys rock. Um, but it was, it was seriously, it was a, such a good year. Yeah. I feel the same way. I felt the love this year as far. I mean, we, I haven't told you this yet, but we, we had, uh, going into last year, starting 2022, we had 8,000 listens on the podcast and in 2022, we have, we have over 18,000 now. So it, hey. uh, it has jumped up, you know, we're, we're up 426% so far in 2022. <laughs> That's a pretty good place to to be. Uh, people, you know, might not agree with this, but I've said it too. Like Ranger fans are the best fans in all of baseball. Yep, they are. And I'll tell you what, even the people that argue with me on Twitter, I love them, man, because they're passionate about it. And that's what you want. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. So let's do tonight. I thought we might do a year in review since the season has now been over for a little while. The postseason has started and obviously the Rangers aren't a part of it. Um, so I wanted to start tonight with pitching. And uh, if you want to give your three stars and then I'll see if I agree with all three of them. Okay. So for my three stars, I had Martin Perez, Brock Burke and Matt Moore. <laughs> That's uh, tough because I had Martin Perez, Brock Burke, and Matt Moore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other person I thought about putting close would have been John Gray, but he, um, it wasn't necessarily what he did on the field. It was the fact that he wasn't on the field a lot. Yeah. For me, that ultimately kept him out. So those were my three. No, I agree. Martin just had an amazing season. The Rangers are saying that Wednesday is when they're going to meet with him and his agent. And hopefully that gets done because he needs to be back next year. I mean, my goodness, a 289 ERA, the most innings, the most games, uh, the most wins. You know, the dude was just amazing this year. No, yeah, he dude balled out this year. Um, I I think I do expect him to be back. Like you said, they're going to meet with the agents um, next week. So I expect him to 
back. I don't know if anything directly comes out of that meeting, but yeah. I do expect him to be back. I think they're going to make a pretty big effort to uh, sign him to an extension before he hits the open market. And I expect him to be back. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And also I would have included uh, Matt Bush had he been here because he also had a great year yeah, for the did. Rangers. But, you know, of course, in the trade, we got some some good players out of that as well. Old Matthias, man, was tearing it up there at the end of the season. That trade, I was not <laughs> expecting that. And I was like, because, you know, you were expecting maybe to say bye to Martin Perez and Matt yeah. Moore, which didn't end up happening. But when Pat Bush happened the day before, I was like, ah, like I was not <laughs> expecting that. No. It and hit a little bit because he's um he's a great dude. He is. That much. I and his story, him. his story was fantastic. How the Rangers got him and brought him back into the MLB after everything he went through. Yeah, it is for sure. So uh I also would probably would have included Dennis Santana at the uh, first half of the season, but yeah, he kind of he kind of faded in the second half of the season. First half Dennis Santana was next level. Second yes. half Dennis Santana was the, the level below. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple levels below. Maybe a couple. I mean, he had like a 07 ERA at the all-star break and finished with a five, two, two. So that's a lot of bad pitching to go up that yeah. high and God bless him. I mean, I think he just got wore out. Yeah. I mean, they use them a lot. They use them in leverage and the, yeah. um, you had to, I mean, shoot the bullpen they were working this, with this year. Wasn't great. So yeah, no. especially before, um, before LeClerc and Hernandez came back. So you had to pick someone to pitch and leverage and, you know. Yep. All right. Let's look at our three stars on the offensive side of the baseball cane. Who do you have for your three offensive stars? So I had two layups, which I thought these, everyone would be Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager. Those are my layups. The last one came down to Adolis and Marcus Simeon. And I gave the edge to Adolis Garcia. Um, he like hear me out this dude hit over 100 rbis over 20 25 home runs i feel like um he was consistent that's the one thing and it, for everyone that was doubting him like you got to think of how many doubters this dude had in spring yeah. training season um he really proved those doubters wrong and so I, I i went ahead and put him over marcus simeon simeon had a really really good year he had a 25 25 a year obviously yep. uh, the first him and garcia were the first pair of 25 25s in franchise history on the same team so um he had a really good year and i think those were the main four offensive players like yeah. it's almost like there should have been a fourth start for this. Yeah, that's true. Cause I had also had those as my top four and I, uh, same with you Seager. I mean, most home runs for a left-handed shortstop, he has to be in there. Nathaniel Lowe, they told him he had to take a step forward and he took a massive step forward this year. And then Garcia just, you know, I mean, same with him. He was told you have to take a massive step forward this year. Didn't look good at the beginning of the season. They told him to go back to what he was doing last year. And man, did he. And then also the stolen bases. He was another 25-25 guy. So, you know, and like you said, with Simeon as well, Simeon deserves lots of credit. So I think you're right. I think we should do four stars for offense because all four of those guys deserve it. And you had other guys that had good seasons that are younger. And we'll talk about that when we talk about our our rookie candidates. But uh, I think you're right about that. Seager. Although I don't think it was the year he was wanting to have, but I mean, still it, it wasn't bad, you know? No, it wasn't bad. Um, like, yeah, I agree. It wasn't the year he wanted to have, but if you like throw it back to like July, June, like that dude was almost, you couldn't get him out. Yeah. Yeah. He was on, he was on and sure. Like, you know, he wasn't super consistent throughout the whole year, but like when he was on, he was, he was on. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. All right. Who was your biggest surprise in a good way in 2022? 
My biggest surprise in a good way was someone we already mentioned, Martin Perez. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was just, he did it everywhere, home, road, um, throughout the season, you know, when he wasn't getting run support, when he was getting run support, he was consistent, um, you know, sure. Like in the second half, he probably wasn't as good as he is in the first half, but it was, it's hard to be as good as he was in the first half. Yeah. Um, so I would have to give it to Martin Perez. This one, I'm going to go different than you. And this one you might be surprised by, but when, uh, when they traded Jose Trevino and that probably already tells you who it is when they traded Jose (laughs) Trevino, I didn't know if they traded the right guy. And then they brought in uh, Mitch Garver who got injured and, I have to say that Jonah Heim stepped it up and became the number one catcher on this team this year, especially for the first four and a half to five months of the season. He kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit with the bat, but he came through in some big situations. His framing of pitches is just incredible. Like he, he got so many strikes by the way he frames pitches this year. It was amazing to watch. And then of course, I think he might've made poor Sam Huff obsolete, you know, at this point, because like when Garver comes back, you got Garver and Heim, you know, Huff is, unless he moves to first, but then low kind of, got yeah. himself situated at first really well. So yeah. I think Heim or not Heim Huff might be uh, used as a, as a trade piece this winter. Uh, Yeah, no, I think well, the main reason I didn't went, go with Heim was the consistency. Yeah. 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 Really good in the first half and the second half, he wasn't as great. His defense was, his defense was consistent all year. His pitch yeah. frame was obviously amazing all year. And I thought his arm got better as the yeah. season went on. Um, it's pretty clear that you're, I think the only way Huff finds his way back on this team is if Garver's not ready to catch on opening day. Um, yeah, I'm not saying I agree. rated, but I mean, they might start him out in AAA, see what he's got, you know, if they have a spot for him, sure. If not, they can trade him. But um, if Garver's ready to catch, your two catchers going into this year are going to be your two catchers going into next year. I agree. And then uh, I was going to say that if I did, I didn't ask for MVP of the year, but if I did, I would have said Martin Perez. I think you would have as well. Yeah, I, I probably would have. And the pitching staff that needed some like yeah. that was, you know, if think about if Martin Perez was what he was in 2021. Yeah. Um, it, this pitching staff would have been. Yeah, it would have been ERA over six probably for the season, yeah. which would have been dreadful. So, okay, now let's go with the bad. Who was your biggest disappointment in 2022? So my biggest disappointment, it, I don't know it wasn't one person, but it was more of like um, the veteran experiment with Cole Calhoun and Brad Miller. Um, Brad Miller hit 20 home runs in 2021 with the Phillies. He hit seven this year. And um, Calhoun just was not good. I, I, I don't think Calhoun is going to be back. I, I, I don't know on Miller yet. I, if yeah. I just lean one way, I would probably lean towards no. Um. But yeah, that would be probably it for me. And I mean, like the bullpen, sure, like pitching wasn't good, but pitching wasn't expected to be good. No, no. And the offense was, you're right. You're right about that. Mine, I, I, there were several different ways I wanted to go with this and I kept going back and forth, but mine is uh, defense overall. Like Corey Seager even had 17 errors. You know, the Rangers defense was expected to be a lot better than it was. And then one of my other disappointments I'll give too, because, you know, it's my show. I can do what I want, but uh, was uh, the injury to Eli white because he was having a breakout season before that happened. And man, that game I covered where he made that catch and stole that three run home run, like in person, that is the second best catch I've ever seen in person. Cause I was there for the Gary Matthews jr. Catch. So 
So this is, but yeah, I think, I think the defense, I expected a lot more out of this defense and I know we had a lot of young players, but it didn't seem to be the young players that were making a lot of errors. It seemed to be the veteran players that were making the errors. Yeah. The defense was bad. I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. If I'm throwing out another one is like their performance in close games was absolutely terrible. Um, that, that goes down to bullpen to defense, like, I remember being there one day, it was against the Astros in June. They had a chance to win the series against the Astros, eighth inning, get a guy in a rundown. I don't know if you remember this, throw the ball. And I was like, this sums up like what's been going on. Like the defense was not good this season. Their ability to like late games is pitching and defense. When you're up in pitching and defense wins you those games, they didn't have either of those things and they didn't win those games. And they were historically bad in one run games. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I wanted to do some uh, Ranger Report awards, and I think we can skip the first one. Let's just say Pitcher of the Year. We both know Martin Perez. Like, Martin. there's no no doubt. And if CJ was here, I guarantee you CJ would say Martin Perez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who would you? You know, we talked about several players who we on offensively we thought were great, but who would you give your Offensive Player of the Year for the Rangers? Ah, uh, my Offensive Player of the Year would. That's uh, tough. I yeah, I would probably go Nathaniel Lowe. I mean, he hit over 300 this year. Yeah. That's probably who I would lean towards. He was consistent. Um, Cause even like, like he did spike up toward the end of the season, but even yeah. in the beginning, the middle, he was still consistent. Yeah. So it wasn't like, Oh, he just went on a run and his average happened to fall over 300. Like he was a good, he was consistent all year. He, you know, he, he even hit three hole, four hole sometimes. Yeah. So I would, I would have to give it to Nathaniel. Lowe. And I went back and forth between him and Adolis because just Adolis, his hits seem to matter, if you know what I mean. Adolis yeah. always seemed to get hits in big situations. He seemed to work walks when he needed to. He seemed to be able to, you know, spark the offense with his, you know, style and his personality. But I'm with you. I'm going to have to give it to Nathaniel because he took a bigger step forward than Adolis, even though Adolis took a big step forward. So I'm mm-hmm. also going to have to say the Ranger Report Offensive Player of the Year would be Nathaniel Lowe. Just, again, hit over 300, which I know people say batting average doesn't matter like it used to. But it's still pretty awesome when you hit over 300. Yeah. Um, going back to Adolis though, I think, um, certain players in all of sports have just a knack for big moments. Yeah. He just does like yeah. in clutch home runs, game winning home runs, even if they're not walk-offs, he's still hitting game winning home runs in the seventh inning and the eighth inning that end up being game winners. Um, that dude just has a knack for late inning heroics. And I would say, uh, I would say Adolis definitely. I, I remember being at the game when he walked off Washington. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, if, yeah, I would definitely give it to him. Yeah. And then if, uh, if, you know, if Simeon would have played six months, like he played four and a half months, I probably would have given it to him. Oh yeah. Cause he finished the season the last four and a half months on a tear. Yeah, he did. And I remember like, I remember the, the people that were like, Marcus Simeon just robbed the Rangers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like dude. Well, and I'm going to bring this up right before we do rookie of the year, but I was on a Rangers forum on Facebook the other day and someone said, how can the Rangers after all this time still have the worst minor league system in baseball? And I was shocked. I was like, dude, have you ever paid attention to the minor leagues? Because Frisco just won the championship. Every team finished above 500 for the year, except for down East. And they were only one game under. I mean, and now the Arizona fall league, they're six and one so far this season. I mean, like, okay. We're pretty good in the minor leagues. That really ticked me off. So with that in mind, who is your rookie of the year for you, for the Rangers? And that's tough because there were so many rookies this year. 
Okay, he's not a direct rookie, the guy I wrote down, but he barely pitched when he did play, so I went with Brock Burke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to. Yeah. And I I was like, oh, that doesn't count. But, like, technically he was a rookie last year or this year. If you want to talk about – if you want to talk about just straight up guys that made their debuts this year, that's tough because I thought they – I thought they were – I'm going to say this. I thought a a lot of the guys like Duran, Smith, Josh Young, I thought a lot of those guys were good, but they weren't great. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think that like, I was like, Oh, I can see these flashes, but I never thought, wow, Ezekiel Duran is playing great right now or Josh playing great right now. You can see the flashes good, but not great. And Josh Young was great when he came up, but just didn't have enough time really to be considered. Yeah. I mean, he'll be he'll be a rookie of the year candidate for next year for oh, sure yeah, if, if he can stay healthy. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, and I think he counts because Brock Burke, I mean, he's still considered a rookie. Yeah. And I mean, to come up and have an ERA under two for the entire season, I mean, I don't care. And he high leverage, low leverage, he pitched in every situation and he pitched well in every, I mean, the runners he held on base. I mean, it was just incredible and I wanted to give it to Cole Reagans just because we've had him on the show. But uh, I mean, but Cole Reagans impressed me, but he's impressed me at every level. But he struggled a little bit at the major league level. And he had a couple of bad starts, but I mean, he still had an ERA under five for his first campaign in the majors. And I believe he got 12 starts. So We're going that, back to Brock Burke real quick. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. If I just go back real quick. Um, if he was pitching the eighth and ninth inning of games, he would have been an all star. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. All-star numbers, but you know, those, those types of relievers just don't make the all-star game. And I was kind of surprised that they never, uh, they never made him a closer at some point during the season because of how well he did. But I think they didn't want to ruin what he had going. So um, they didn't, yeah, they didn't want to ruin what they had going. Nine starts. Sorry. Cole Reagan's got nine starts to end the season. So, but a 495 ERA. I mean, again, I think he's a guy that might be able to force his way onto this team either out of the bullpen or as that six starter, you know, when they have yeah. an extra day and all that kind of stuff. Cause he really did play well. He didn't, he wasn't the best, but he played pretty. I mean, I was impressed with him. And again, I was texting with him today and he's coming back on the show. So another reason I wanted to give it to, to, to Cole Reagans. But, uh, no. I would say, yeah, no, I would say with him, I think, like you said, like he does have a chance to be the sixth starter. Um, yeah. and for, it depends on how much starting pitching they go after, which yeah. true. They're after a lot. So, I think I would say, in my opinion, I think Glenn Otto has a leg up on him. As I agree. Last, I agree. The last spot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if they, you know, swing and miss on some pitching, then there's, he could squeak his way in there for sure. And then yeah, obviously open too. Yeah. But Otto, yeah. Otto for me, I mean, I, I, he's not really a rookie, even though he was, but also he was there for almost the whole season. Yeah. He got, he got 17, he got 27 starts. So, I mean, he was there for almost the whole season. You can't say that about a lot of those. Yeah. No, but he, but he played, I mean, he had some really bad outings, but he also had some really great outings and overall, I mean, his median was pretty darn good. No, he was pretty good. Um, I saw like, the I saw the most flashes, not flashes, but I guess like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, potential to be consistent, if that makes sense. And I think he made Spencer Howard ir- irrelevant. Dude, I mean, Spencer Howard. Oh, I, I don't even know about him. I, I, I'm not seven, even seven forty-one ERA. And he had, <laughs> I covered a game. I covered a game in round rock that he started and he gave up nine runs in the first inning. I don't even want to go. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. That, that one I wrote about. All right. So let's move on. Who, in your opinion, that was on the team last year, and there weren't as many of them as, as you'd want, but who was your most improved player? And that'll probably come down between Adolis and Nate Lowe, I guess. 
thing. You got me? I got you now. Okay. Yeah. I lost you for a second too. All right. I'll ask you that question again. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to who do you think was the most improved Ranger of 2022? So when I was looking at this at first, I was like, dang, that's kind of hard. And then I thought of my answer and I was like, wait a minute, that's not hard at all. Matt Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not even close. Like this dude, bro, I remember reporting that we signed Matt Moore. People were in my comment section. Oh "Oh, my gosh, I cannot believe it. Like first I'm acting like it's my fault that we signed. I was probably one of them in your comment section. So I wasn't (laughs) happy about it. And then, and then he just comes and is just reinvented himself. He yeah. reinvented the stuff, the way he uses that curveball. And I mean, he has been, he was really good. That's why he was one of my three stars as far as pitching. Yeah. I wanted to use some, well, you'd use someone else so I could call out the Matt Moore thing, but you're, you're incredibly <laughs> right. Like as far as from one year to the next, I know he wasn't a Ranger last year, technically, but he was in baseball right. and he wasn't this at all. Same thing with Martin and Perez. You could also call him most improved because he wasn't this last year in Minnesota. So, but, or yeah, Minnesota last year, right? Yeah. 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 So he wasn't that in Minnesota last year. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Matt Moore to go from, you know, a, a mediocre, you know, reliever that was having trouble finding a job to a guy who had a sub two ERA, you know, and he got into 63 games. It's not like he had a sub two ERA, but they used him 10 times. You know, he got into 63 games. He struck out. uh, Let's see here. I'm looking. I don't see his strikeouts. They not list strikeouts. We'll just say he had a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> Another oh, here they are. Here they are. Sorry. He, he had uh, 83, 83 strikeouts in 74 innings. So Another point on um, him was that, like, I think it really showed something that they didn't trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah. I was fully expecting them to trade him. I wasn't expecting them to trade Martin Perez, but I was expecting them to trade Matt Moore. Like, I sure the- was. Not Matt Bush. Yeah. This season is an outlier for him. But they – they and they said too. I remember being there that day. It was after the press conference. Yeah. You know, we asked why. Why didn't they trade him? They we they wanted him around next season. They're going to try to bring him back. Yeah, I, I was going to say yeah. I would be shocked if they didn't try to bring him back. Oh no, a hundred percent. They're going to try to bring him back. I I was. I think that says something about the way you pitched this year. They I think agree. And that and pitch that good again next year. So we'll see what his role is like. All right, let's bring up a topic that no one is probably talking about or thinking about at all, and that's the Rangers manager search. I'm sure nobody is is writing or thinking or talking about that whatsoever. So in your mind, I know you've looked into this some. I'm sure you have already. I know I have. Who are your top three candidates for Kane McCutcheon? I'll just say this. I haven't looked into it because I don't want to go back up to the ballpark. <laughs> the that's why I haven't looked into it. Um, but, okay, so I have two kind of... Um, expected three, not expected. And I'm sorry, names here. I'm not good with names. So Joe Espinata, the Astros bench coach would be one. Yep. Um, Matt, I don't know how to say this. I say Matt Quarto, his name might be the guy from the Rays, the bench coach. Um, He would be, those would be my two, Uh, my three kind of crazy names that are out there. And this is just like me doing base research. Yeah. 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 Into it yet. My three crazy names that would be out there would be Bruce Bochy. Um, Mike Sosha, and I'm gonna get y'all really excited with this one, Ron Washington. <laughs> and the reason I say that though is because I think that CY, from what I heard yesterday, or not yesterday, Friday at CY's press conference, and just overall, I think he wants someone with experience. Yeah, I think he does too. Um, 
And so I, I don't say that to be like, oh my gosh, like Ron Washington was here and it would be so cool to have him back. No, I don't say that for that reason. I say that for like, he's won a championship now. He has built up a, I think he's built up almost more of a reputation um, now that he's not managing like as a third base coach with the Rays or not yep. the Rays, Braves and the A's. Um, and so I would say it, it's, it makes sense if he wants the job, it, it's a fit. Yeah. And my thing, my thing is, I mean, the Rangers, we talked about it earlier, how bad their defense was. And Ron Washington is a like defense coaching mastermind. He works and works and works and works with those guys on defense. And I think that would be a fantastic thing. Uh, he was also on my list. So was Bruce Bochy. And then my third one was uh, either Mike Sosha or Joe Madden. I think Joe Madden might get the interview, but I don't, I don't think they want him for the job, but I think, yeah, I think they might give him a courtesy interview just because he had, I mean, look what he did with Tampa Bay, but his time with the angels did not end well, but in, in his defense, nobody's time with the angels ends. Well. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Ron Washington thing is like um, the defense, like, no, I, I really, I'm kind of like a little bit old school when it comes to that. It's like defense contact hitting. So yeah. Like when I watched that race guardian series, I was like, Oh my gosh, like 2012 yeah. eight year old Kane is so happy right yep. now with how this series played out. So I really, you know, someone that's defensive minded, I yeah. really like that. Um, well, you think back to the world series when Elvis Andrews stole home. Yeah. During a playoff game, like Ron Washington loves to take chances like that. And that can spark a team, which it did in 2010. No, I love it. I, I'm always like, whenever there's runners on the corners or one out, I'm like, man, the guy on first is just steal right now. And if they throw it down, he can steal home. Like, I'm yeah. like I'm old school, kind of like that. And as far, as far as Beasley goes, I don't think he gets the job, but I think he stays with the Rangers. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and I think I, he's fine with not getting the job. No, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think yeah. like, I think a new manager would be fine with keeping him along. Um, now he wasn't, I don't think he was a bad manager. I'm, I'm going to drop a little bit of a hot take. I, I don't think a difference was really made no. to be completely honest with you. I really didn't agree with the Woody firing at the time. Now looking back on it, I really don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think much of a difference was made. And like, I mean, me and you could have went in there and done that job and we probably would have gotten the same result like that too. Yeah. They, they just weren't built to win. Yeah. And I think I, I heard something the other day. It was like CY was saying their, their expectations was like 75, 76 wins. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's just not like, I don't think that's realistic at all. Like you're, how are you going to go from 60 wins to 75 wins in one off season? Doesn't make sense to me. And my uh, high, my high guess during the last off season at the highest was 72. So yeah. I was within four of where they actually finished 75 would, though. People that said 75, I thought that was ridiculous. I didn't think there was any way they'd get there. No, I, I didn't either. I was 70 to 75, but 75 being like every single experiment worked out. Cole yeah. Calhoun. Now, Brad Miller worked out. Martin Perez and John Gray worked yeah. out, stayed healthy. Um, and Cole so Wynn, I, Cole Wynn came up and tore yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was more on the seventy, and then they came close. They were newer at sixty-eight. So, yeah. all right. Um, the next, the last two topics were just things to talk about to end the show with. So, free agent versus trade. It's going to be interesting this offseason to see because the Rangers have there's two kind of currency in baseball. There's money and there's prospects. And the Rangers have more prospects than they know what to do with. So I'll be interested to see if they add via free agency or if they add via a trade. And I think you're going to see more trading than free agent signings. Okay. Um, I think you're going to get a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they're going to look in the free, like, like you said, we got money, we got prospects. Yeah. They're, the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is like they're going to have to trade these players some darn good prospects because there's not spots for them. Yep. Like I'll even look at the infield situation. You're telling me there's spots for Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, Justin Foscue, Acuna. Like there's just not. No. And I'm sure I probably left some names off of that list. Like there's just not spots for those guys. Yeah. And so um, you're going to have to trade away some players. There's, there's not spots in the rotation for Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, Owen White, Brock Porter. Like, you know, that can't, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's that, so many, uh, Ricky Vanasco. I mean, you've got exactly. all of these prospects that are, that, are, that, that grade out to be major league pitchers, but they can't all pitch here. Yeah. But look at, I mean, you're going to have to trade some good prospects, but look at what the Mariners did. They got Luis Castillo pitched a darn good game one. And now they're in the ALCS. A lot of people said they overpaid for him, but uh, here they, yeah, here they are. They won the first series. And then, by the way, that game two was amazing. Oh yeah. The comeback from seven. Oh, that was pretty amazing. That's crazy. Plus watching the blue Jays lose in the playoff just warms my heart. Me too. But whenever, <laughs> whenever they're going against the Mariners, I'm like, ah. yeah, but now it's pretty easy. I think in the ALDS between the uh, Mariners and the Astros. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, yeah. I'm all of a sudden a Mariners fan for the next week. <laughs> I see. I don't, I don't want the Mariners to make it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going for this. Sounds, I know that people are going to like flame me for this. And go for it. I'm going for the Astros to win this year. Give me an NL team. I don't want the Yankees to win. I don't want the Astros to win. Don't want the Mariners to win. Yep. Like, give no, me I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, 2023 spring training is going to be coming up soon. Me and CJ will be hitting up businesses for money to get there. Are you going to try to attend it at all? Or do you think, you think yeah, that's something you're going to go for? I'm going to get there. Senior year is tough. Yeah, I was going to say it's hard for you because you're you're in your yeah. senior year. For me, yeah. you know, spring break is the perfect opportunity for me to get to Arizona for a week. Yeah, there you go. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out this year, um, but I'll definitely be covering it. I've got all yeah. things Rangers offseason covered. I've been putting out, you know, Arizona Fall League updates. Yep. Yep. I've been, I was at CY's press conference tweeting from that. So I have all things Rangers offseason on my Twitter and my articles. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that from us. Go check out Kane on Twitter and on Dallas Sports Nation, as well as myself. I'm also at therangerreport.com. I am trying to write every day, except for Mondays on that site, because Mondays I write for Dallas Sports Nation. So I'm trying to write, I'm trying to come up with some series. I usually do that in the off season, have a little fun with uh, with some history and some other things. So check that out, therangerreport.com. Be sure to buy merch. This is the kind of stuff I'm going to send to Kane later tonight. Um, be sure to go shop, be, become a patron, look at our uh, buy me a coffee. We have all different ways to help us out so we can uh, pay to run this thing. So thank you guys very much. And Kane, thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, of course. Also, guys, you can find me literally anywhere. Instagram, TikTok. I have a lot of behind the scenes Ranger stuff on TikTok. It's just search up my name, Kane McCutcheon. You'll find me everywhere. So and don't forget the Kane Naden podcast on Kane every Naden well on everything. So yeah. Heck yeah, available on everything. We're, we're coming out with some good stuff. Not I think their last guests were just amazing. You guys need oh, to listen yeah. to that one. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. But now we're gonna have some cool guests on in the future. And so we're excited, definitely. I am too. All right, Kane. Thanks again, buddy. Yeah, thank you. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.